Now, is, is that, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, Airbnb economic disparity segue uh, comment? Not the, a great segue yeah, to this week? Yeah, into... Uh, it wasn't even planned. <laughs> um, I wonder what Justin Long would have thought about the square footage of... There's a lot of steps <laughs> in Parasite for their little bunker. Um, and it appears to be maybe just one hallway. It's not quite the labyrinth, right, that we get in Barbarian, yes. but no. maybe slightly cleaner. I don't know. Cleaner, and you know, it's got that very tricky way of entering with the having to mm. pull your whole body, you know, full mm-hmm. force <laughs> to try and open the move the olive jars. Man, the uh, housekeeper is just doing so much work here for her. <laughs> Uh, beleaguered and quite odd husband who, uh, I, I guess he would be odd if he, you know, when we're introduced to this character in Parasite, he's been there for what, four years and change, I think. I know they counted off at some yes. point, but. I'm deadly serious. So when we were talking about Barbarian, uh, I don't think Parasite caught me off guard with its rave reviews back in 2019. Um, But what did catch me off guard is uh, how much fun with it. I found it very equal to Barbarian that way in that it sort of revels in the reveals that we get and has the characters themselves sort of revel in the um, shit that they've stirred. Uh, I, I, on rewatch, I tried to count the uh, the times that characters would smirk at the stupidity of the rich here. And I, I was there for all of it. I was, yeah. I mean, they could have mugged even yes. more to my liking. They, you know, they were being a little too subtle <laughs> for my taste. Uh, a little mustache, maybe one of the characters, a fake one wears or something, yeah. and you know. God, I haven't seen this since it won the Oscar. Mm. Um, no, same for me. Yes. So I, yeah, so I saw it. I think twice. I saw it at the cinema, and then I saw it on DVD. Like I bought it as soon as it came out, and watched it sort of just before it won. And so I have. It's been on streaming here in Australia for ages, and I've sort of added it to my watch list and thought, oh, I'll watch that again at some point. And when you suggested it, um, after I saw Barbarian, I was like, oh, yeah, now I get it. I didn't, I wasn't, obviously, you didn't tell me the movie until after mm-hmm. I'd seen Barbarian. Um, not to want to spoil, you know, don't don't uh, live in places that have secret <laughs> subterranean basements. Um, but I just, there was a little bit of, like, panic in, because I loved this movie so much um, when I first saw it. There was a little bit of panic in me that I thought, oh, rewatching it, will it be? good or will it be one of those things that you rewatch and you think oh yeah it was good but you know maybe it was a bit you know mm-hmm. hyped or you know whatever and I have to say I was actually like mildly orgasmic rewatching this like it was there we so go. <laughs> it was so good like, it's <laughs> it was so good that and 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 so good knowing that I know everything that's going to happen you know so there's no surprise um in terms of like that shift like the first time you watch Barbarian it was still just as good. And if anything, it was kind of exciting to know what was coming and sort of see some of those more subtle hints to what, what may lie ahead or some of that foreshadowing. Yeah, like oh, the, 
Just the housekeeper, uh, the uh, I think in the sequence in the car uh, when this family um, is trying to remove all of the other uh, assistants, personal assistants to this family. Um, yes. The father <laughs> is trying to hint around about the housekeeper and get information and the uh, patriarch of this very rich, elite uh, Korean family. He says something to the fact that... Um, Mr. Park. That she like eats a lot, but it's like, but you know, she she's she she works very well. Like he says something like, "Good, she eats enough for two. So you have those little things in there where it's like mm. before you realize um, that sort of comment, what that means is that she's trying to feed her husband in the uh, the basement. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Yeah, this this movie, and you know that stone this that follows them. I. I think you know, in, in comparing it, like watching it in the uh, same time span as one would for Barbarian, the way we're trying to compare like the new to the old. Um, this one allows you joy early on because the setup is uh, first off, we're we're introduced to characters who are living in not quite a basement, but they're living slightly below street level like their window out to the world yeah. is yes. into an alleyway where a man routinely pisses outside their their window yeah and <laughs> they've even turned that into a sense of play like they've accepted a lot in their life yeah. whereas the family we'll meet later would be horrified if anyone was urinating anywhere near yes. the princess they take a slow motion video with their phone of uh, a yeah. truly like water sport fight, like with buckets of water and urine being flung at one another, and they <laughs> they managed to laugh it off. So, given who we're introduced to, the fact that we know that they're going to take advantage of the rich allows you a sense of pleasure that yes. uh, you know barbarian for obvious reasons cannot. That barbarian cannot let us play with no. Justin Long early on. Because um, then the movie doesn't work at all, right? If if Justin Long is the first victim, yes, exactly. We can't no. really enjoy like, well, yeah, he was an asshole, but now you're going to show us like a good person that has to go through this. Yeah, um, yeah. And if and if you don't have that tension of the first part of not knowing and then having your expectation shifted, you can't enjoy sort of the the seamlessness of that um, shift into a more darkly comic tone that the Justin Long middle section brings. I like the fact that you, you mentioned that they they find humour in even these, you know, their awful living situation. I love the rewatching it. I just could not stop laughing when they were like, and this is echoed throughout the rest of the film as well, where they're giving thanks for the free Wi-Fi. <laughs> like, oh, bless. you know, they're, <laughs> they're having their beers, you know, like the simple pleasures, you know, of living in, you know, a very um, uh, destitute, poor Household, they're enjoying their whatever it was, some sort of alcohol, and they're like, "Oh, praise whatever for the free wife." <laughs> and then later on in the film, you see people praising people they shouldn't mm -hmm. be praising, but they, st you know, there's like this level of gratitude, I guess, that you have to maybe that maybe it's the South Korean culture, I'm not sure, or, or you, to have hope, you have to have gratitude for what you have, and that, I found that really interesting and also really darkly. I'm going to start going around praising <laughs> for the little that I have. I'm just going to be like, thank you. Thank you for this podcast. Thank you for my Sarasa shampoo. Thank, thank you, you for Eddie Redmayne. Can we go that far? Thank you. Well, let's wait. I'll wait until I see the goodness and then I'll, I'll answer that. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, the, the Wi-Fi, actually the, the sort of tech aspect of it is, uh, well, first off, it's what allows them um, to pull the wool over people's eyes is because that connection you have to someone instantly, but you're disconnected from what's on the other side of that. Uh, so this rich family is at a whim able to call these people and they enjoy that access to someone to have them at their beck and call, but they yes. don't really know who they've invited. And they don't know that that person on the other end is holding their phone up at a certain angle in their little basement yeah. to, <laughs> to get connection. And they also don't know like, you know, the forgery aspect, all of that, but it doesn't really matter. Right. Like I think when we, the more we learn mm -hmm. about the wife and mother of this, this rich family, um, she just wants things to be surface level pleasant and she doesn't really care to keep secrets of her own. Yeah. Uh, for instance, when they do get rid no. of the, the poor um, maid that's doing double duty uh, of trying to feed her husband in the basement <laughs> and take care of these rich assholes. Uh, when this family convinces them that uh, she is uh, a TB patient has not told them this. Yes. Um, <laughs> She pulls uh, this this man aside and is like, "Hey, this is this is between us now. Like, you know, don't don't let my husband know because that would look poorly on me. So mm. she, I, we will be the keeper of secrets together." Mm. And I love that sequence where um, they shake hands and you can tell how off put she is and sort of mildly disgusted that she's even <laughs> having to touch this man. Even didn't doesn't she say, yes. "Have you washed your hands?" <laughs> Even as they're making this pact together to to betray, yes. in some sense, her her husband, um, all of those little details are meant to be humorous. The one fear I do remember having when I watched this in theaters during its initial run was, oh, you know, I don't I don't know if I want this to go too far. And granted, for reality, it goes very far. Like if this if these events really happened, yeah. somebody knew. If you attended the birthday party, that's the climax this film you, you would probably never stop talking about it it would always be your story at the bar no that this man in you know native american headdress very offensive stereotypes being played out for this child's birthday party surprise birthday party out in the garden um then stabbed the other man the father of the birthday boy after being attacked by some random homeless person all of those little details th yes. that's excessive who's whose nose is smashed in, mm -hmm. basically, because he has been uh, using Morse code to thank <laughs> Mr. Park <laughs> for all of his food and blessings. <laughs> I feel like saying, you should be thanking your wife, mate, not thanking Mr. Yeah, yeah, there's there's a little bit of there, uh, you know, it's coming off a of Barbarian where I'm like, uh, still no respect for, for the, the women folk in no this respect. at all. Um, but... <laughs> I love, uh, in terms of like the movie. Well, I was going to say, given all of that, I still don't think it doesn't go excessively far in movie world. No. It's not like it turns into Kill Bill in that sequence no. where everyone no. gets slaughtered. No. So no. I appreciate that. And I, but I had that fear that I'm like, man, this is so, it's subtle, but it's also broadly comic. I'm like, I wonder how they're going to wrap yeah. this up. It goes right yes. up to yes, the edge. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It goes right up to the edge. And that's why I'm. It has to be one of the best. Uh, the Oscars are such shit, but I'm obsessed with them because I'm a movie nerd, or at least at least trying to figure out what what's. This must have been one of the best. Come on, is there a better best picture winner than this in a, the last ten years? I doubt it. 
um, in my opinion. I no, just, not in the last, not in the last decade. Like they're pretty, they're so boring most of the time, and I truly didn't believe this would actually win as many as it did. And when it did, I was so excited. Um, I mean, um, oh God, now I've forgotten his name. I I haven't seen, sadly, haven't seen all of um, Bong Joon Ho's movies. Um, I haven't seen uh, was it is it Murders and Mysteries or something along those lines. But I've seen the others and I love them all. Um, but he's just oh, he just, everything every. It's like watching this movie makes you me as a film lover who's been a film lover since I started watching movies when I was a child. It's like everything is excelling. Everything. The directing, the writing, the acting, the production design, the cinematography, the music. It's just everything is class. <laughs> there isn't anything where it's falling down. And that's so rare. It's just so rare. And then also to have a film that's got a, a really strong political message that's so funny. At the As you say, I, I didn't remember how funny it was until I watched it. And maybe it's funny for me because... I mean, I'm certainly no, nowhere near the level that the Kim family are, are living in. I'm not trying to compare myself to their situation at all. But maybe it's funny to me because I am of like a lower socioeconomic. What do, what do rich people think when I mm. when they watch this movie? That that's why I'm kind of like the whole Oscar campaigning for it kind of made me laugh in a way because I thought, you know, Academy members are usually like really rich, privileged, probably majoritively white people, well, like. Shouldn't they be fearing you would this think, movie, not, um, not embracing it? <laughs> here's where I guess I will come across as maybe slightly uh, nationalist as far as like, I think they okay. allow, nationalist. well, I feel like they allow for more things, especially when it comes to genre fair. They allow for more, uh, uh, more of an embrace of we're going to, you know, be a dark comedy. We're, we're going to have this, this violent uh, curveball we throw like in the third act um i don't know they don't seem to appreciate it with american thrillers like we we talked i mentioned gone yes, girl you're right. uh i don't see how gone yeah. girl was not you know winning oscars in 2014 she didn't even get an adapted screenplay nomination <laughs> she adapted her own book but brilliantly I, but yes, i feel like didn't. gone girl and parasite are are of one they they would sit on the same shelf together as far as Yes, there are horrific yeah, acts yeah. in it, but they are attacking a certain mentality of people, which in, in Gone Girl's case would be uh, the sort of absenteeism of, of men in relationships at a certain point. After the pursuit is over, how they sort of check out. And they check out and they assign blame to their partner in a, in a way because it's like, well, it can't be me that's lost the passion. It's something that they're no longer doing for me. The, the whole... Uh, cool girl monologue that she has, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that they pass over that stuff when it gets a little too close to home. When it's someone that looks like them, or it's starring like celebrities they know. I think they look at Parasite as like, oh look, at, you know this this other country is presenting a worldview. It's not ours. Yes. It's not ours, even though it very well yes. could be. Yes, very interesting. I didn't think of it that way. No, you're very right. I can, yep, that's exactly your, there's a level of detachment in a sense that it can, well, this is a foreign country. This is, you know, a country with, hey, I think America has the same level of, or worse of same, inequality same. than yes. South Korea probably. They well, may the not, uh, okay, well, uh, there you, go. So, you know, feel <laughs> blessed about Wi-Fi or they may not acknowledge it <laughs> at the dinner table, but 
they probably they fucking appreciate their Wi-Fi. If anyone's Wi-Fi goes out, especially in this day and age, I mean, it's the purge. Uh, it's going to happen if they they lose the internet connection. You think that's bad? What about when the electricity goes out? I actually feel like I'm full murderous when my electric when the electricity. I had an interesting. Um, uh, you know, I, I guess I should have been saying I'm blessed and praying to the heavens or whatever, but instead I was just like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. We went to watch a Triangle of Sadness uh, a couple days ago. <gasps> I'm so Which jealous. would fit very much with the sort of week we're having of movies. Um, another dark yeah. comedy. And um, yeah, let me know when you get it, because that would be one of, I think we should, should probably talk about. Mm. I think it's coming out in the next month. I so the it gets to the credits, and, you know, we're not yet, you know, uh, put on our jacket or whatever got our things um so it's not quite as soon as it goes to black but it's not that far off the power goes out there's a power surge in the building and i thought (laughs) how lucky are we that the movie actually just wrapped i mean like yes it was sort of jarring that all the lights in the building go out and everything but nothing missed a beat nothing has to reset there's nothing and yeah. as a true American, I didn't feel blessed. I just sort of laughed at all the poor <laughs> bastards and other, like, well, you should have been watching Triangle of Sadness. Like, fuck off. You're watching Halloween yeah. Ends. That's what you deserve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God. And it's true, though. It is true. <laughs> but no, I, I I, think that's a very... I also just really point. like to talk I about Gone Girl. I just I love Gone Girl. Like, it's, it... I know. I was going to say, I, I think that maybe you need to send your me your wife's contact details and we need to have a, a bit of a zoom mm. debrief about your love for gone girl it's it's starting to get a bit pathological well, maybe she's not pathological <laughs> enough for my sensibilities maybe she needs to <laughs> <laughs> she needs to step up her game a little bit is this what is this why i have appeared on six of your last or whatever it is however many podcasts because like you're like i need to talk to a crazy person at least once a fortnight and if, it does make for better podcasting. If I, if, I, if, I, if I can't get a crazy person in Kentucky, I will f- go to Perth, Australia and find one. <laughs> um, I, nerd, nerd girl comes out again, but okay. I was, you know, at work, uh, you know, avoiding doing my work. Uh, look, reading after I'd seen it, re- reading some of sort of the old reviews of Parasite when it came out, and I read a quote of um uh what Bong Joon Ho described it as and it's so good he described it as a comedy without clowns and a tragedy without villains. God he's good. Does not have because <laughs> it's true. Hmm. I mean I in reality so. I don't think it has villains really like the rich Yes you could say they're villains in this film but they're just doing what all rich yeah, people do. <laughs> like it's not it's not um, particularly villainous. Yeah, they don't do anything like, specifically um... to the our heroes, uh, if you will, uh, other than uh, increasingly talk about the driver's smell, the the patriarch of this poor family, yes, and that and that is what the snap, and that is just so brilliant. The smell thing, you know, goes through the film uh, at a certain point, and I love that they're all a bit, especially the father and the mother, who are maybe a bit older. They seem a bit oblivious to the idea that well this is just what we call you know subway smell or living in a semi-basement smell like a dank smell I guess um and the idea that at that you know Indian (laughs) cowboys and Indians or whatever it is massacre birthday party um that that's what makes um uh the father snap is that Mr. Park rich father actually notices the smell (laughs) 
while he's trying to get the keys from the, you know, person that's just tried to murder. Who's either dead or is bleeding out people. in that moment. Yes. It's Yeah. Yeah. And like the idea that you would be privileged enough and, and entitled enough that that would be even register for you in that moment that that would be like you would hold your no, you know, your finger to your nose while you reach for the keys while people are dying around you not only that that you want your driver to come and drive you to the hospital just because your son's having a bloody seizure apparently while he's trying to stop well i guess they don't know that it's his daughter at this stage but another girl from bleeding out i mean someone who has been in their family home employee like like, i mean even if it was a complete stranger you would think you'd want someone to not bleed out in front of you drive himself (laughs) yes does he not have a license and that's the other you know fascinating element of the film that's done so well without it being heavy-handed because it could so easily be heavy-handed is the idea of not only these you know the the social and economic um uh, inequality and disparity between the two families but also uh the idea that the rich actually basically live off the labor of the poor (laughs) they cannot function (laughs) in their lives without the labor of the poor and that's and 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 that kind of that reliance is how the kim family is able to infiltrate all the jobs and and become part of that family through their employment because they're all smart enough and connected enough as a family very different to the wealthier park family which are very like the mother, the the wife seems to be a bit scared of the husband in some ways. Well, because um, she has... The two children are just total messes. She also has a uh, parasitic relationship with the husband, right? Like she's... He, yeah, they're all... Exactly. Um, he talks shit about her, uh, which seems to set him off <laughs> when, you know, in the sequence with his driver, um, he's like, ah, she, she can't keep a house, she can't cook. Um, you know, the, she, he's just listing all of her faults, which... Really, what he's listing are these are things that she can't do for me, and I feel like she should. I feel like she should be mm. making my life easier mm. uh, in some way. Uh, and the line that gets thrown back uh, by Mister uh, Kim is uh, like, "Well, you love her, right?" And it has different connotations, of course, the way it, it plays in <laughs> yeah, that sequence yeah. and what it plays in the birthday party uh, sequence. Yes. Um, but it's funny that 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 sort of innocuous comment, like, well, you know, what are you going to do? You know, you, you love her though. You accept all the, the faults, which is how I think generally most people would take that in conversation, like, yeah. uh, becomes this accusation slash like threat almost like the way it's, <laughs> it's played in those two different sequences, mm. uh, which I, I really enjoy. And I also, you know, since you and I do these, um, very sexual, uh, I guess, sexually charged podcasts, <laughs> the fact that there's an entire thing about um, how they get the original driver fired is that they leave uh, some panties in the like sort of floorboard, uh, not so subtly hidden. Yes, the yes. sister is smart enough yeah, to just pull yeah. them off while she's sitting there. Um, <laughs> well, that is used as a means of uh, disgust uh, by this this family. Like, I can't believe my driver. And there, there's even a comment made. Uh, but Mr. Park, like, you know, do we not pay him enough? Do you not pay him enough so he can't get a hotel yeah. <laughs> to do these type of shenanigans? <laughs> yeah. But there's also like, I-, I love that bit. And then he says something like, oh, like 
couldn't he have at least just done it in his seat? Why does it have to be in my back seat? You know, like that's just that's that's the step too far. Like if he'd just fucked her in the in the driver's seat where he because I'll never be in the driver's you know, seat. Like, obviously, I'll never sit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because I will never be in the driver's seat. So he couldn't care less who the driver fucks in the driver's seat or the passenger seat. I will be at the back. Watching your head while you drive me. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was going to go make that joke. <laughs> I refrained. I refrained. Um, it's so good. And that, that whole sequence, before you get the shift where it gets quite dark in tone um, and, and violent, when we, we do learn that there is a man in the, um, the maid returns, you know, to basically beg um for you know help in terms of her husband in the in the basement. Well, beg for his life basement. first, because depending it, on how long he's been in yeah, there, he's like, no, <laughs> no means of sustenance. Exactly. No mother's milk. Uh, this the that the, <laughs> that sequence where they they are all inf- getting jobs and infiltrating this family. It's so good and it's so funny, um, and so well written that it's. I mean, I haven't even seen the Ocean's films, but. It feels like a bit of a caper. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. that kind of like what people would love from a film like that if they're willing to watch subtitles. <laughs> it's, you know, it's so good. And, and and they're so smart, the Kim family, and so um, the opposite of parasitic. They build each other up and help each other like this. Um, you know, they prey on the fears and the and the ego of the rich to get the job. So, you know... The daughter needs a tutor. It's the only you know the only way to to keep getting ahead is to have that private tutor. The um the way that the do- the the sister um gets into the the family as the the son the troubled son's you know art therapist or whatever is that she recognizes that this boy's a bit mad, I think. <laughs> a bit a bit you know crazy, and she kind of. She plays on the mother's idea that something's happened to him. Like, some, you know, we, we learn that something really mm-hmm. did actually kind of happen to him later on, which is a great throwback, I think. But, you know, she can tell that the mother's an anxious person and wants the best for her son and the son's the youngest, da-da-da. So she totally just, she reads that and she plays on it and she gets the job. And she does it in a totally different way to how her brother did, where she's kind of quite standoffish and, you know, like, no, you're not allowed to watch me while I... Um, so she knows exactly what to do um, to to work um, Mrs. Park uh, to get that job. And then the same with, you know, the fear of the TB, you know, that whole sequence with the peach fuzz and the tomato sauce on the tissue. And I mean, like, that's gold. Um, and none of those things that you're so listing, good. going back to the comment that <laughs> there are no <laughs> villains, none of those actions by the rich, by the Park family are, are like are out of bounds. Like if you were, if so, if you had no. this child that had some, it's survival. Right, has, it's if, yeah. if you had this child that has some sort of traumatic event where he thinks he saw a ghost and you think he's somehow trying yeah. to relay that through these, uh, these crayon drawings that he's doing, you would be like, yeah. let's get someone in here who knows how to deal with this. Like, you know, is there, is there a way through this yeah, yeah. that is conducive to, to helping him as he, um, yeah. getting a tutor, you know, all that totally natural. Being afraid that someone is putting your family maybe in peril, uh, through you know a, a hidden uh, disease they have. Sure, all of these things. It's, it's just the fact that they have such a disconnect from the people who are in their homes every day. Sometimes living there, yeah. obviously, and then some yes. secretly living there. Yeah. That they don't ever have conversations 
with the people. They're just like panties in the back seat, pervert out the door. Even though (laughs) those panties will become fodder for their own sort of sexual fancies when they're like, what would it be like to be poor? Mm. That turns me on. They're weird nipple rubbing in silk pajamas. I was like, mm, on a couch. I was like, mm, I'm desperate, but I don't know if I go the that fact far. That <laughs> they know that there's a housekeeper that's wandering around the kitchen, and they're like, get your nipple out. <laughs> and their son's sleeping in the tent. <laughs> Sorry, let me. Oh, I love when she goes clockwise. I'm like, oh, this bitch knows what she. This bitch knows what she wants. She's not that simple, mate. If you're that simple, you don't give such good direction. <laughs> oh, to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> to be rich and to know that you like clockwise versus anti-clockwise. Um, it's getting worse. I, was like, I thought it was going to get better when we moved to Parasite. Somehow I've managed to make it dirty again. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think the character of the sun for me is like really fascinating that I, I hadn't necessarily absorbed it as much in my first few view- viewings. Um, we You talked about the parks being set up as, like, mm. villainous in some ways, but, you know, you could argue that the way that they infiltrate this family is pretty morally uh, <laughs> uh, cruel to other people who are also perhaps in, you know, the maid is not a wealthy person um, and she gets royally screwed over. So... Yet, you, because of that, the, the level of inequality, you don't feel that they're being villainous. They're doing what they have to do to survive, even if it is kind of con artist level um, activities. But the son, I love what he says. He goes, uh, when he fakes his qualifications to become the tutor, so the sort of the first one to infiltrate the family, he says, oh, it's not actually a crime because I'm going to go to university next year. And it's like, it's so sad because you're like, no, you're not. Like, <laughs> I don't think you are. And then, you know, the end of the film sort of has that same, with, with that same character, that sort of sad hopefulness at the end when uh, the, his father, Mr. Kim, is, you know, killed Mr. Park and he's hiding in the basement himself now. Um he says, you know, through Morse code and a letter that, that he will try and, you know, he will earn enough money that he'll buy this house so that you can just walk out. And then it pans down to him still in the basement apartment. And you just think, oh, no, I no, don't think that's going to happen. You're, <laughs> you're born into that. <laughs> Even though there's like a flash. Yeah, there's like a, you know, that sort of, it could have ended with the sort of fake reenactment, mm-hmm. I guess, of that moment where, you know, and I think maybe some people might misread that and think that is actually what happens if they're not necessarily paying attention. Um, or maybe you do want to, maybe some people just prefer to interpret we that as the call those, that, yeah, the way those it people ends bootlickers is... in America, the ones that, <laughs> <laughs> that aspire uh, to be wealthy. So they treat uh, the rich with the utmost regard because they expect that one day they will be in that mm. position. So that's how they'll want to be treated. Um, yes. yes uh, they also vote uh, staunchly conservative and Republican here in America. So. Yes, because they yes they're fed the idea that you know because there might be one person out of a million that somehow was able to make a million dollars from mm-hmm. nothing <laughs> that they too can. When in reality, no, it's very unlikely. Don't you think we need that more uh, responsibility from our rich uh, liberal elites and in, in Hollywood? To show stories uh, of people never 
overcoming anything? Don't we need to implant the idea in children's heads? Um, that's that's called the Bernadette Predatorella life story. It's coming to Peacock in um twenty thirty. Oh yeah, I forgot probably. the title like... of your biopic, uh, Brunette. Right, it's gonna sit the the Brunette, Peacock yeah. version. <laughs> Brunette, do you like Gone Girl? Do you like Crazy Girl? Do you want to see a film where someone overcomes nothing? <laughs> Do you want to see a film about someone that can somehow turn films about, you know, podcasts about the most, you know, the most innocuous films into something about Pornhub within like ten beats flat? Then this is we're the just going to blame the uh, the bag wine. That's what we're going to blame uh, entirely. <laughs> I do have wine here, but I, I wish I was drunk. Sadly not. <laughs> It's me. That's, that's most of our listeners as well. When they get to the and end of an episode, like, what listening to this podcast is probably like how it feels to be drunk for the first. I'm like, what am I listening? What is this? What's going on? Why do they keep talking about Gone Girl and Pornhub? <laughs> Um, it is a, it, like when I listen back, uh, which I don't oh, often. God, because, uh, I feel I feel like this must be taking years off your life having to re-listen to this. Well, because I, I do it once at least because I do I do edit these things, so I give it one sort of pass through and drop some clips or whatever, and you know take out some beats. But I, I don't often go back like what was I thinking back in 2015? Was it? But I do have an audio record that is you know publicly available where you can just see where my head was at you know in June of 2015, and I think that will be strange. Uh, especially as I, you know, age into Ticket to Paradise territory when I'm a doddering old fool, I'll be able to know uh, what exactly, what kinks were I into? What type of porn was I watching when I was supposed to be talking about, you know, a rom-com for the internet? That's my contribution to society with no expectation that it's ever going to make me rich. <laughs> Not at all. No, you do it purely for the love of it. Yes. Self-loathing. But you never know. Maybe one well. day. <laughs> now I know why you've got me on this then, because we can share that in common. Um, maybe Justin Long will listen to this because mm. he'll see like him tagged, and he'll be like, "This, this is the greatest thing I've ever." <laughs> I've never. Uh, well, I no, I did, actually did get one negative uh, from a like an independent filmmaker, and it was a movie no one was talking about, and uh, I liked it. I liked the movie. <laughs> Uh, but the two people, the guests and my co-host did not. And that's all he heard. He didn't hear the nice things I had to say. And he, yeah, he, oh, really? he was very upset, but there was a, um, we, the only other comments I get from actual filmmakers is usually when it's a movie that no one, like they, they may have gotten curious one day and was like, was there ever a podcast about my movie? And it's just mine. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if, if there was like a film that we did and we were just randomly talking about porn and, girl and Gone Girl and uh, other random stuff that comes up, my mental illness, my psoriasis, I think, and they were like, hang on, I thought they were talking about my movie. I like- think that was the problem with the uh, the negative critiques is that it was there was too many other things getting in the way of discussing something he had poured years into. <laughs> and we're like, anyway, uh, what porn are you watching now? <laughs> Sorry, independent filmmakers of of today. It must be hard, Look, but you know we're, we're saving. We're giving the same the same material to a best picture winner, Parasite. You called it the the greatest. You know, yes, the last decade, the greatest the Oscars have offered us, and we still I, can't. You know, I would say even more than the last decade, probably. I just to be fair, I can't remember that many <laughs> prior to that. But 
And and here I am making nipple jokes. Like, you know, <laughs> this has been a very nipple and breast heavy episode. I think you need to put you need to put that as a warning. Um I think I'm gonna have to chop it up into two. Like I, when we did our uh, Stepford Wives and don't worry, darling. I had to cut like a half hour out. Not because it was bad, because I was like, good God, this is going to be like an hour and 45 minutes. And it's like, we've... And they're not even talking about the main <laughs> 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 like... That's oh, That is God. why we have, uh, you know, Patreon and all sorts of things. You know, that, that sort of bit. But, um, yeah, I mean, the thing with Parasite, like, because I'm, I'm getting... I have a two and a half minute warning yes. from Zoom. So okay. I'll, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, is that... It's almost here's a compliment. It's almost too perfect for podcasting because what you you said yes. as far as like rewatching yeah. it, like all right, what were the flaws with it? And I was watching it this time, and I'm like, I think this is the rare. I mean, and I'm sure the filmmakers would say different because they're obviously working within the constraints of a collaborative exercise. So maybe it didn't turn out exactly the way all of them yes. envisioned. But as a viewer, I'm like, this appears to be like they got every beat, every scene, everything is on point and there's not sort of one wasted wasted moment in this so yeah this is one of the the best sort of best picture winners and i'm just happy that they appreciate genre fair <laughs> if it has to come from another country so be it uh you know maybe yes. one day gone girl can i mean they built the house come on like they built that house to be the set like that's pretty the dedication and it was only shot in 77 days like that's not a huge amount of time um oh, it's just so good. So good. It just it, it gave me hope for my film watching future to rewatch it. I was trying I would like to quickly see how long Barbarian took. And if it was less than seventy seven days, we could be like those dorks in film punditry where it's like, Oh, oh yeah. it was shot in fourteen <laughs> days, this is better. <laughs> dork, 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 dork. Go and find it. <laughs> we already found out it was shot in what was it? Bulgaria. Bulgaria yeah. or something. Um <laughs> I assume that was Baby Scarsguard's wishes. Maybe he's like, "I'm not going to fucking Detroit." Yes, well, he wasn't. He was a producer. Ah, I saw yeah, that, and I went, oh, that was, "We can blame him." The Scandi, you know, he's getting it. He's getting in there. Yeah, yeah. He wants to compete with it with um, what do we call Alexander? Big, big baby bro, <laughs> big brother, Scarsguard. Uh, that would be the one. If one person had to listen to this episode, it would be Baby Scarsguard <laughs> just to hear us call him Baby. Um, I think he would take it as if Baby. I think Baby Skarsgård's married, but if he's not, call me. Like, <laughs> I was about to say, it's totally meant as complimentary. It is meant as a come on, not as a put down. It's com- 100%. <laughs> All right. That does it for our uh, Parasite Best Picture talk. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bernadette's Dating Life 101. How many times can she, can she try and get a 90-day fiancé?
When I started writing this movie, I had read this book that was encouraging women to pay attention to their subconscious when entering potentially dangerous scenarios. Those subliminal things that you're picking up that men often throw out that I just had no idea existed. Yeah. It was really eye-opening for me because I realized that as a man, I don't have to think about this ever. So I just wanted to write one scene where all of these threatening things are happening, but you're never quite sure if it really is dangerous. This is 476 Barbary, right? Yeah, I'm renting this place. No, I booked it a month ago. Why don't you come inside, and we'll call these idiots. So I thought of this scenario where a woman is checking into an Airbnb, and there's a man already there. That's a scary situation. Uh, I'm Keith. Tess. Tess. That's a pretty name. And he is putting out all of these red flags. Want some tea? Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you. I'll just make your cup. He's making her tea, even though she's already said she doesn't want tea. Seemingly innocuous things that were very threatening. If you want to crash even here, uh, where it's dry and there's a lock on the door, I'm totally fine with that. He insists he's going to go bring her luggage in. He's touching her things without her permission. Uh, I got it. No, 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 no. You sure? Yeah. Okay. It's very rare to come across horror films that just have a really good story. Most times when somebody who's not a horror writer writes a horror script, it's terrible. And I read the script and I said, I need to make this movie. I thought the script was really compelling and unpredictable. For a horror movie to work, it really has to surprise. I read hundreds of horror scripts and this is one that really shocked me. I thought you wouldn't want any if you didn't see me open it. So I waited. I'm good, but you go ahead.